You're listening to the Me, My Bug and I Ostomy podcast. Hello, welcome to this podcast. Today we're going to speak to you about the role of the stoma care nurse. We are both stoma care nurse specialists and like to introduce ourselves. My name's Anne-Marie. And I'm Dawn. And today we're going to cover the journey of a patient from pre-operative care right through to discharge and the care in the community, touching on subjects like psychological aspects, dietary advice and sexuality. So Dawn, can you tell me what um, sort of experience have you got? What qualifications did you have to get to become a stoma care nurse? Um, Well, I started nursing when I was 17 and I mainly worked in the surgical um, units and then decided that I wanted to specialise Unbeknown to me, there are a lot of qualifications you need to be a specialist nurse. Um, So I did what we called the EMB 980. It's a basic stoma care course. Um, And then after a couple of years, I went on and did a university specialist course at Birmingham, which is a 216. After that, um, I did a paediatric specialist course um, and I also did a course um, which was an advanced course. They called it the Celia Miles Advanced Course. So um, there's quite a few years of studying um, to become a specialist nurse. Yeah, and did you do a management course as well? Yes, yeah, Yeah, I did. Um, So I felt that that would help me. Um, organise my work and and manage myself really Um, so I have qualification in management as well so um, I thought you had a speciality actually Um, what was that about? Oh well I like yourself I um, did my training Um, I've been a stoma care nurse for over 20 years now and I, um, I sort of fell into stoma care because I just loved looking after the patients on the ward who'd had um, colostomies and aliostomies. And so for many years, I then worked in stoma care, looking after the colorectal patients. Um, and then when I came into the community, I specialised with urology. So I looked after the patients who had urostomies a little bit more. So um, I've done sort of quite a broad spectrum overall of all the stomas. Mm. Um, and really enjoyed it. I feel passionate about stoma care, like yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very specialised subject, um, and you have to love it to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that gives us, we give the best care then, because we love doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, The the job itself, I feel, has, um, most people feel that a stoma nurse changes stoma bags. And um, I think that the job has many aspects to it, um, that maybe people don't see or we don't talk about really. Yeah. Um, and some of those areas um, you might like to tell us about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we see patients um, who get referred to us. So anybody that's going to um, have an operation that involves having a stoma gets referred to a, um, a stoma care nurse. Um, from that point on, we get to meet the patient and we um, talk about their up and coming operation. So we prepare them for, for their operation. Um, some people call that pre-op counselling or a pre-op chat. And we see the patient in hospital or, or in their own home. And we talk about the operation. We show them a practice kit so how they can, um, so they know what a stoma pouch is. Um, and they understand what part of their digestive system or their bladder, what they're actually having removed. 
Um, we then give them an opportunity to go home and have a practice and then they'll come back into hospital and one of the stoma kinesis will mark their tummy ready for the operation. At the beginning there, don't you think it's also really important that we include the family in the psychological yeah. effects because a, a stoma doesn't just affect the patient. No. It, it does touch on the whole family and I think our role um, is quite unique in that way that mm. we will talk to wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, children, um, whoever the patient gives us consent to talk to about yeah. the help that they're going to need. Yeah, and we try and keep the, the, the talk quite informal, but we like to get certain points over, don't we? Yes. So we look at their um, the psychological aspects of having a stoma, so their body image. Um, we talk about their relationships, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I think sexuality comes into it. Anne-Marie, um, what made you go into um, stoma care? Other other options were available. What made you specialise? Well, one of the one of the wards I was on um, when I was a student nurse was a colorectal ward, and I looked after stoma patients then, but only sort of in the background. I really admired the stoma care nurse and what she came up and, and did. She was very inspirational, and um, I had a patient that I looked after with uh, Crohn's disease, a lovely young girl. She was about twenty, and she just she had a terrible, terrible time in hospital and I was on one night and I went to see her and she just um, had diarrhoea all over the place and knew that she was going for surgery to end up having a stoma. And I then looked after her after she'd had her stoma after surgery and I just thought, I really enjoy doing this. I feel like I'm making a difference. It's such an interesting topic mm. and um, that sort of sparked me up to do it then. So once I'd finished my training, I went and worked on a colorectal work ward and did breast care as well and then the post came up and I applied for it and didn't look back after that. Oh that's really inspiring isn't it? What about you? Mine's slightly different in that um, I worked in surgery as I said earlier and um, I went into theatres in fact um, and then progressed into becoming a recovery nurse mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the job to start with but soon realized that my patient was unconscious <laughs> and the minute they came round um, I handed them back to the ward staff yeah. and so I was only caretaking them I wasn't actually getting involved in their care mm. um, so I went back and worked on the surgical wards and when a vacancy like yourself came up I applied and um, yeah, uh, 28 years later, mm -hmm. I'm still enjoying stoma care. And that's the thing, like you said, it, it is so varied, isn't it? Being mm. a stoma care nurse, because you're not just looking after one part or, you know, you don't walk away from it at the end of the day. When you see a stoma patient with a stoma, you look after them in the initial post-op period. You see them quite a lot, quite extensively until they're settled and they've learned how to manage it themselves. But then we also follow them up. Um, afterwards and really they're with us for all the time they have yeah. a stoma even yeah. if we don't see them for years they might have problems in the future and then we will will intervene again and and do a plan to get them back on their feet or arrange signpost them to get other care yeah that's right it's a bit like having your own personal gp isn't it you know once you're on their um, register you're never taken off no and we're just there when they need us absolutely 
But going back to um, sexuality, yeah, um, I find that that is a, a subject that sometimes the consultants will skirt around. Absolutely. Um, mainly due to shortage of time mm -hmm. and, and what they have to give the information to the patient um, that they feel is more important. Mm. Um, and then the patient, although they're worried about that area, um, find it very embarrassing to bring the subject up. Yeah. Um, so as a stoma nurse, I feel that um, it's quite an important job that we have to actually, in the pre-op counselling, mm. to touch on that subject particularly with the urostomy patients, um, because as you know, they'll be impotent after their surgery. Yeah, and the females um, as well, they have, they have um, complications. They do, yeah. And, and we do have um, people that we can refer them to yeah. um, to help them on, on that path. So um, when somebody's listening to this and maybe they're waiting to go for surgery, um, it is something that a stoma nurse they see will talk about yes. um, and that we're quite used to talking about. Um, and then afterwards, if there are any problems that arise with patients that have had colostomies and ileostomies, um, again, there are um, people that we can refer them to. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that that's the end of the road for them. And sometimes it is just a matter of time yeah. and things will um, sort themselves out. Yeah, it could just be bruising, couldn't it? And Absolutely. it'll take weeks yeah. or months just to, to calm down. Yeah, But yeah. that's when our follow-up comes in because we're seeing them fairly regularly. Yeah. So if we're seeing them, say, six months afterwards, that's something we would bring up as well and ask them. Um, and I remember a psychologist, I think we had a talk from once that said, you know, um, post-operatively, Patients often ask, when is it safe yeah. to have sex? And actually, whenever you feel yeah, it's feel safe ready. to have sex. Yeah. Um, and sex doesn't always have to be full-on penetration. It can be um, just intimate kisses and cuddles, yeah. um, which give a lot of comfort to somebody that's just gone through surgery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I feel that's a big part of our role. It is, it is. And it's for um, the patient to be able to feel comfortable to, to ask us any questions about any aspect of their everyday living, uh, their relationships. You know, it can be same-sex relationships. It doesn't have to be man and woman. It's whatever works for them. They can discuss it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the role of the stoma nurse then starts, as you said, in, in pre-operative care. Mm -hmm. um, and... A patient would expect to stay in hospital for seven days? I think it's probably come down a little bit now. I think when we first started, it was certainly seven to ten days, wasn't it? Sometimes it two weeks. But yes. I think with keyhole surgery, it's sort of come down to sort of maybe four or five days. So actually, stoma care nurse in hospital now doesn't have that long to teach somebody how to, to change their pouch. And that's why we... we do the pre-op care, we ensure they understand what it is we're going to go through with them. So they take a little bit of ownership of practicing before their operation. But yeah, there are patients that are in a little bit longer, aren't they? But absolutely. Where I worked before um, and keyhole surgery was taking place, they were home within sort of four. I suppose five days. that means that the role of the community stoma nurse um, 
comes in even more um, than it used to um, because, as you say, patients sometimes have maybe changed their bag once or twice yeah, before right. they go home. Yeah. Um, they're sent home with sufficient supplies. That's right. Um, and then it is the role of, of the community stoma nurse to do the caretaking, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and It's sort of teamwork, really, isn't it, sort of between mm. the hospital. There's good communication um, between the, the different um, nurses. Um, so if you're seeing the community nurses and they need to refer you back to the hospital, they will do. Um, but usually the, the follow-up's um, quite regular once the patient's got home. Yeah, um, yeah. So we we set like you say we give them enough to take home, don't we? And then we go and see them within depends which area you live in, but it could be within a couple of days, certainly within a week, um, to make sure that they're managing and you have their contact number to contact your soma care nurse in case there's any hiccups in between. That's right. And post-operatively, once you're at home, um, other issues come up, don't they? Things like. Um, when can I get back to work? Because hmm. the bills still need to be paid. Yeah. The mortgage still needs paying. And if that person is the main breadwinner, yeah. um, it's a real big issue. Yeah. Um, so that side of things is, um, you know, guided by obviously their outpatients appointment, what the consultant says, yeah. um, whether they feel safe to drive. Um, I don't know about you, but I often say, um, see if you can get a stage return to work. Yeah, that's quite sensible, especially after major surgery. Um, even keyhole surgery, okay, you may be going home after a few days, but you still need time to recover, don't you? And to get your head around everything, yeah. it's such a big yeah. thing to happen. So when a patient first gets home, mm -hmm. then do you think exercise comes into it? Absolutely. I mean, when you're in hospital, um, particularly with keyhole. I know I'm talking about keyhole a lot, but a lot of areas do keyhole surgery now. It encourage you to be moving soon, day one after your operation. Um, but once you're home, obviously you do need to still rest, but it's good to, to do gentle exercise like walking, um, going up and down the stairs, not staying in bed all day. I always used to say to my patients, um, it's a good idea that if you go for a walk around the block mm. the first time, always take somebody with you yeah. because although you feel ready to get out and get some fresh air, once you started walking a little while, you can come over a little bit lightheaded. Yeah, you can do. And if you've got somebody with you, then it's a helping hand to make your way back because no matter how far you walk away from the house, you've got to remember you've got to walk Absolutely. that distance back again. That's what I've always said. Yeah. I say it's... go to the end of the gate maybe and back again yes. a few times or once even the first day and then just gradually, slowly build it up. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you may have good days and bad days. You know, you might think, oh, this is it. I've cracked it now. Mm. And then get a real drop and not feel so good. So it is a very... Um, up and down journey, isn't it, after yeah. your operation on how you feel each day? What's about dietary information? What sort of information yeah. would you give? You know, um, the thing is, is patients feel that they've got a stoma, means they've got a stoma, but actually that stoma could be a colostomy mm -hmm. or an ileostomy or a urostomy. And diet-wise, they are all managed differently hmm. um, 
And we're very good at giving patients booklets with dietary advice, but it is only meant to be general diet advice. Um, I personally, when I do the first visit, will ask the patient what sort of food they ate before they had their operation. Mm. Um, I've got young patients that love their spicy food, their pizzas, their burgers, and then you've got older patients that are used to their Sunday roast um, and their, you know, meat and two veg. Mm. We tend to um, find out what the patient themselves was eating before um, they had surgery and then just advise them on, on what areas wouldn't be good um, for them to continue with. Um, and with ileostomy patients, uh, their carbohydrate intake is very important. But I think that's a subject for another day yeah. um, that we could maybe expand on. Yeah, we um, could go down the back vegetarianism, veganism... Um, you that's know, there are so really many different diets, aren't mm. there? So that's something we could go into a little bit more detail Absolutely. if people are interested in that. But before we go on, let me just tell <laughs> you this funny story. Um, obviously, um, I won't be naming no. the patients, but I had a phone call from a wife of a patient of mine. Um, and she was very distressed on the phone and said that her husband's stoma bag had exploded and she'd put him out in the shed and she'd had to hose him down. He was in such a pickle and I just, she needed me to be there immediately. Um, so I said, right, I, I'll come. Um, and sure enough, he was in the outhouse and she had washed him down. He was stood there shivering in a towel. Um, and when I said to him, what's happened? Um, he said, please don't tell the wife. I said, come on, what have you done? He said, well, one of the lads took me to the pub at lunchtime. And six pints of Guinness later, <laughs> I came home and I just told the wife I'd had one or two, but he said a few hours later, my stoma went absolutely berserk, but please tell her I've got a tummy upset. <laughs> so I'm afraid I was asked to tell fibs, but I did think it was needed. So I just told her he's got a bit of a tummy upset. It'll calm itself down and don't worry. I bet he never had that much Guinness again. Never <laughs> again. Never again. I've got a little Christmas one that happened once. Um, I saw this quite young gentleman um, after Christmas. He'd been admitted into hospital um, with blockage. And I said, oh, was it Christmas cake or mince pie? Something that we know sort of causes a bit of a blockage. And he went, no. Nah. He said, I was watching the, he was watching the telly. He said, and it was so good. He said, I just had my hand over the nut bowl. He said, and the nuts were going in without thinking. And he said, next thing, I was in terrific pain um, and ended up in hospital. He didn't need an operation or anything. They just no. um, had drip and relax and yeah, home and again, it all but, cleared through. Yeah. Yeah, ileostomy patients and nuts, not a good idea. <laughs> not a good mix. No. Um, so, But again, Christmas advice is something that we tend to dish out, don't we, about Absolutely. diet? Absolutely, yeah. And and that sort of goes um, 
in with the subject of um, solving problems, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, That's on, a big part of our role, isn't it? On a day-to-day basis, um, patients have our telephone number mm-hmm. and they call on us mm-hmm. um, for all sorts of problems, you know, running out of stoma supplies, um, travel advice. Um, and And that's why probably you don't find newly qualified nurses being in this role because you've probably got to have had quite a bit of nursing experience yeah, to be able to deal with all of these problems. Yeah. Um, but they are quite common. And it, I think it's something that uh, some patients will ring up and um, ask and others will suffer in silence. Yeah. Um, but it's a case of we're there for them. They just need to know they can pick up the phone and and call us, don't they? And problem solving on the wards as well, obviously. Um, You know, some of the nurses on the ward find it difficult to deal with certain aspects of stoma care. If it's become a bit, they've got a little bit of a wound going on. Um, So we work in close conjunction with um, other specialist nurses, don't we? So um, the tissue viability nurse will often do a joint visit um, or... Um, social care really you know when patients aren't able to do their own stoma care anymore teaching um, carers in the home in nursing homes out in the community yeah it's Um, a bit that's a a big part of our audience being an educator isn't it so yeah um, and not just the patient and the families we also um, teach other healthcare professionals so um, it might be in a formal setting it might be an informal setting but um, education is key part of our role. So if we go into a nursing home, say we've got a patient that's in the nursing home anyway and we go and visit them, um, we bring the nurses in who are look all, all carers look, looking after that patient, we bring them in as long as the patient's consented. And um, then we also offer follow-up teaching um, so that they understand what's going on because they may have never had a patient with a colostomy or an ileostomy or a urostomy. Um, Colostomy, they tend to know a little bit more about, don't they? But yeah. the ileostomy and the urostomy, they sometimes know nothing about. So we will provide a teaching session. I tend that. to do um, a plan of action as well for yeah. them, especially for the night staff, because information doesn't always get passed on. So if you write um, a, a one to ten guide of how to change that particular stoma bag because not everybody's bags um, have the same accessories or the stoma is the same shape Um, so it depends on the individual and I think um, a basic guide and then put in their care plan um, helps the staff doesn't it? Yeah it helps the patient and it helps the staff doesn't it and then the family feel that they're getting the best care with their stoma care which is really important. We do photo care plans as well so if it's a more complicated because there's perhaps a wound involved um, we will do photo care plans to help um, help them manage it more easily. Yeah sometimes a visual picture Uh, obviously the patient isn't identified it is just a picture of the stoma but if it's got sore skin or um, if we apply something and then take a photo they can see how to fit the ring and then do another photograph of when the bag's on or the paste is on Um, it all helps doesn't it yeah it really it's sharing our knowledge in a way that they can understand how to look after the person Um, also um, we do fistula management um, and that's can be a little bit more complex sometimes, but we 
do photocare plans for that are quite important so everybody yeah. understands what they're doing and how to do it in our absence or in tissue viability absence. And at times when you go to visit a patient, um, because we are um, nurses before we were specialists, you can sometimes pick up other problems that mm. patients have got. Um, for instance, urine infections um, with the urostomy patients, quite common. Mm. Um, or even in our colorectal patients, if they've had a catheter in, they can often get a urinary tract infection. Yeah, they, so, so we can ring the GP, explain what we found, ask the district nurse to sort out a urine test. Um, and prevent a patient having to block a GP practice for something like that. Um, but then saying that there are some conditions that we feel we have to hand over to another specialist. Yeah, it's knowing your limitations, isn't it? And yeah. we, we, do, we do sort of know our limitations and we signpost to the right healthcare professional Definitely. if required. Um and we do with GP appointments. We will speak to the GPs when we, if we're concerned. We'd speak to an on on the duty um, doctor, absolutely, and sort of like get things moving much quicker. And um, I'm sure you've had many of occasion when you've gone to visit a patient newly out of hospital, um, and their stoma isn't working particularly well, and they're in a lot of pain and discomfort. Mm. Um, we can get patients readmitted. Um, and then ring the team in the hospital and let them know that that patient's on the way in. And that's how we work well with the hospital um, when the patient's quite newly uh, out in the community. Yeah. Um, so to do with like discharge, um, we obviously follow them up at home as well. So what about their orders and their supplies then? Um, well, I think mainly uh, it's a case of making sure that the patient's happy with the bag that they are using. So do they get some sort of choice in what they're using? Definitely. Um, normally four or five different types of bags, um, and then they've got a choice to try them over a period of time. And then you may have gone back two or three times to see them before. Then it's a case of, right, um, which bag would you like to order? And that doesn't mean that that's the bag that they have to stick with for no. the rest of their uh, time with the stoma, but it does mean that then they can order a month's supply um, and feel secure that they're not going to run out. Yeah. Um, we sort of talked about discharge once um, somebody's home and um, they're getting used to using everything. They've had choice. They've chosen what they're using. Um, and obviously we, we let them know that there are, it's their choice who they use to to get their supplies from. So we give them all the information um, and we can set it up for them or they can set it up themselves. They have the ongoing care with us, don't they? Um, That's right. So um, funny story, really. The, the lady who inspired me to start... Um, stoma care you know to go into stoma care I spoke to her only recently so that's sort of 24 years later um she found my my phone number and called because she wanted um some advice but I don't actually work in that area anymore so I signposted her to the to nurses um stoma care nurse near her and how's she doing she's well, it was lovely to hear from her and um, because she's doing really really well um 
it was a new lease of life for her once she'd had her stoma. Actually, she had a bumpy ride after her operation, but she she managed to to um, get a job again. Um, she had she got married. She had her children. Um, obviously, she still got her stoma, but she manages really well, um, and she doesn't let it get in the way of anything that she does. And that's the nice thing about our role, isn't it? We may not see anybody for years, but we're there to support them along the way if they need it. And life can go back to yeah. normal and sometimes actually after surgery inspire people to do things that maybe beforehand they wouldn't have even thought of. Yeah, I've got a, a young lady um, that I've looked after for some while and um, again, you know, she's had a few problems along the way, a little mm. bit of sore skin and um, a few hiccups, but it hasn't stopped her and she's carried on with her career and I've recently heard from her and now she's thinking of handing her notice in and traveling around the world um, and seeing sites that she really thought she'd never have the energy to go and see Um, and again she rang me to say um, how will I manage to get my supplies Mm. while I'm away Mm. Um, and I'm going to deal with that for her. Um, it's something we can sort out with the delivery service that she uses, that she could um, have a pickup point halfway or something like that. Um, and although she's scared, um, she's not allowing her stoma to stop her doing anything. And it's so lovely to have seen her at her worst mm. and now see her flourish and move on really yeah and just know that we're there in the background if she ever needs us mm. i met a lady um who does cru- goes on cruises and um she was a real inspiration when i met her it wasn't that long ago it was about six months ago and um <clears throat> she was an amputee and was in, in a wheelchair but she said nothing stopped her she just went and did it she said she was really nervous at first um, but she's since she's went with her daughter on her first cruise, but has since been on cruises on her own. Um, and because I'd met her, I did then met saw another lady, and she was about to go on a cruise. So I asked the other lady, would she be happy to speak? So we do quite a lot of that, don't we? Putting in contact with people that have done something that we know about, um, so that they can hear their story and how it worked for them, or what didn't go quite right, what perhaps they'd do differently. Yeah, there's nothing quite like. A patient's experience. Yeah, a personal story. And telling another patient. Yeah. Because no matter how many years we've done it, yeah. we don't have stomas. No. Um, and we're very aware of the fact that uh, we can help from a medical point of view, but personal experiences is just gold dust. Absolutely. We can give empathy. We can give our experience. We can signpost people. But like you say, there's nothing like hearing it from the horse's mouth, is there? No. What's your last advice you'd give... Um, before we leave? Well, Anne-Marie, I think the main point that needs to come across is the fact that um, every stoma patient will have a stoma nurse that they can contact for almost any problem they've got. Um, They'll have a contact number, they can phone them, they can email them, and the stoma nurse is there for them. Mm. Yeah, so even if it's, it could be at the beginning when you first got your stoma, it could be years on, um, there's always going to be your local stoma care nurse you can access to give you advice, either over the phone, or they may need to see you and they'll arrange to do that with you. 
thank you for listening today. I um, hope you've enjoyed what we've been talking about. And um, we hope to cover some future topics, don't we, Dawn, on some of the things we've spoken about today. Yeah, I think really the, the dietary and the other areas that we spoke about need to be a single topic that we talk about as one podcast. Yeah, and we're keen to hear your ideas. If there's anything you particularly want to know about, do let us know. Okay, thanks then, Dawn. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the free Me, My Bag and I podcast from Salts Healthcare. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the next podcast will come straight to your device. We care what you think, so it'd be great to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes.